Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. Are you living on purpose? Are you living your purpose? Are you stifling dreams? Is there something you'd like to do, have? Is there somebody you'd like to become, but you're just not for some reason? What if one of those reasons was one of these seven excuses? Just hear me out. I'm not I'm pointing the finger at you. I'm saying, what if? What if one of the reasons you're not doing what you think you'd like to do, you haven't become who you'd like to have become, you're not living your purpose, you're on purpose. You hear somebody talking about, man, I'm living the dream. And you're just like, you know, I, I gave up on my dream. If that at all resonates with you, hear me out. What if, what if one of these seven reasons was why? Here's no, uh, excuse number one. I don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. The reality is you have as much time as anybody else. We all get the same amount of time every day, 24 hours. Billionaires and those in poverty all have 24 hours in a day. Now, I don't have enough money. Do you realize how little money it takes to get started towards a dream, towards a business, towards a new career, towards an education? You could start out with nothing. In fact, most of the wealthy people of the world that you know that are household names have started with either nothing or just less than nothing. Here's another one. Common reason given for not living your dream or on purpose. I I don't have the skills. I don't know how to do that. I, I, nobody ever showed me. I, I just, I, I don't know how to do that. Not, not in today's world. No, there was a time, maybe, during a previous iteration of this country or or another time in the world and another place in the world where that, that excuse would be valid. Hey, why not? Why aren't you a blacksmith? Why? Well, I, I don't have the skills. Nobody, I, I, I wasn't accepted as an apprentice. I can't become a blacksmith. But today, everything is at your fingertips. That, that excuse is gone. How about this one? Maybe this, maybe you can relate to this. So I just, it just seems so difficult. Have you ever been in a position Raise your hand. I'm raising mine. Have you ever been in a position where you just kept expanding in your mind what it was going to take to accomplish something? My hand is so high in the air, you can't even see it. In fact, I have some work being done at one of my rental properties right now. And I went over to check on uh, the house this morning and talked with the carpenter that's doing some work. And I he's replacing a sliding glass door. And, and it's a different width than the opening. I mean, it's all the stuff I've been for months thinking this is so complicated. He goes, easy peasy Chris that was his quote Robert said easy peasy and I was like ah it just seems so difficult in my mind I made it so much more difficult than it actually is what about your dreams are you making them more difficult are are you over complicating are are you enumerating too many steps between you and getting started what if it's just one step between where you are and where you want to go here's another one uh, th these are the reasons, by the way, most often given for people not pursuing their dreams. This one, I'm afraid 
I might fail is big. It's huge. It's every every single person who's ever made it has failed. Every single person who's ever thought about doing something has had that enter your mind. And if you say you haven't, then you probably lie about other things too. You're afraid of failure. It's human nature. It's natural. Of course, we're wired to fear failing. The question is, are you willing to, to, to give up on what it is you say you want, that dream you've been harboring? Are you sure you want to give it up out of that basis of fear? Because I can promise you right now, you can put that fear away because yes, you will fail. What? Yes. There, failure comes with attempting anything. Evil Knievel, hello. How many times did he fall down? Japanese proverb says, fall down seven times, get up eight. I'm afraid I'd fail. Yes, you will fail. Get over it and move on. Here's another reason given for not pursuing one's dreams. I'm waiting for the right time. Ah, the time don't exist. It just doesn't. Zig Ziglar had a great, great spiel he used to do, crisscrossing the country, telling people, oh, I'm going to wait for school to get started. Once the kids are back in school, then I'm going, well, now it's the holidays. Well, the holidays. Well, after the holidays, you know what? Well, look, why don't I wait till the kids are out of school in the summer? And then, and then it just goes round and round and round. There is no such thing as the right time. It's the time you make and the time you give your dreams. Here's another one. And this is universal. Absolutely universal. Why we do not sometimes pursue our dreams. Here it is. I'm concerned about what other people will say. How will other people going to react? What what will they say? And, and it's a combination. Not just what will they say if I fail. What will they say if I succeed? That's how we're wired. Your dreams shall not be placed on the shelf any longer. You know these excuses have no hold over you. You're moving forward into your best life. As I sat in my library this morning, the sun gracefully rose over the Kenai mountain range. The calm waters of the Kachemak Bay glimmered in the orange light, bathing the world as a new day was born. I reached for my mug of steaming hot Captain's Coffee from captainscoffee.com and said, thank you. Thank you for giving us the morning. That was a beautiful ad. You didn't even see it coming. You didn't see it going. It just existed. It just hung there like a rainbow, a double rainbow in the sky. Now here's the thing. That captainscoffee.com ad you just heard, if it gets ignored by the Alaska Association of Broadcasters and I don't get some sort of an award for it, it's rigged. Thank you 
Look, I'm not bitter. Okay, have you been snubbed for 16 years running? I'm not bitter, but I'm telling you one thing. Captainscoffee.com. It's an amazing place. You can get your Java delivered right to your door. Captainscoffee.com. You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I've got an exciting program for you today. We're going to talk about goal setting. We're going to talk about how to read a book. We're going to talk about, oh boy, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you exactly everything we're going to talk about today. You need to stick around for it all. Don't miss a minute or you really could miss a million. This was written in 1916. It's called Success. The author was Burton Braley, 1916. And this is, it's, I wanted to kind of, it's one of those that I over time had partially committed to memory. And I thought, you know what, this year I'm going to commit this to memory. It's so worthwhile here. This is not from memory, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm being assisted not by AI, but by my eyes. Uh, and I have it here in front of me just in case I don't have it all the way down. Here we go. Success by Burton Braley. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, work day and night for it, Give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it. If only desire of it makes you mad enough to never tire of it, makes you hold all things tawdry and cheap for it, if life seems all empty and useless without it, and all that you scheme and all that you dream, if you'll gladly sweat for it, fret for it, plan for it, lose all terror of God or man for it, if you'll simply go after that thing that you want, with all your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, and confidence, stern pertinacity. If neither cold poverty, famished and gaunt, nor sickness nor pain of body or brain can turn you away from the thing that you want, if dogged and grim you besiege and beset it, by God you'll get it. We What's at the end of your rainbow? Do you know? Plus, have you heard the news? I've got breaking news. Probably won't hear it anywhere except here on the Backyard Millionaire. Breaking news out of California. And how to invest like a millionaire. Plus, how to make an offer that simply cannot be refused. When we return, stick around. Cowboy Ethics by James P. Owen Live each day with courage. Take pride in your work. Always finish what you start. Do what has to be done. 
Be tough, but fair. When you make a promise, keep it. Ride for the brand. Talk less, say more. Remember, some things are not for sale. And know where to draw the line. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd worked for all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Where the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com. You can do your property searches statewide around Alaska there, or you can go to our bookstore. We've got our podcasts all there. We've got over 750 episodes for your listening perusal and enjoyment at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast. Follow the show wherever you get podcasts. It's a radio program, but it can be heard later at our website, ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast. I got a great email this morning. Here's the question. How can you build wealth when you earn a minimum wage or a modest wage? What a great question. How can you build wealth while earning a minimum or modest wage? Of course you can. And, and... Here's how I answer the question, and I'm going to share it with you. It's a private question between myself and somebody else. I'm not going to share their information, but I'm going to share the concept that I shared back, which was this. Understand the golden shovel principle, which is leverage multiplied by effort equals gold. So when you don't have much money available, you can leverage yourself forward in life by learning Learning is leverage multiplied by your effort will bring about gold, will bring about more, more money, wealth, opportunity, more relationships, which lead to the aforementioned. Learn all you can about investing. That's leverage. You'd be be far better off in life, I promise you this. Learning all you can about the market, learning all you can about investing Long before you ever get a dollar extra, before somebody hands you $100,000, you better learn how to invest it or it'll be gone. This is the whole concept behind lottery winners going bankrupt. They simply do not know how to invest it. They don't know what to do with it. So you have to, I don't care how much money you've got or not got, you've got to learn first to become an investor. Again, long before you ever enter the marketplace, leverage learning. That's huge. That's a huge advantage. That's a huge advantage over the trust fund recipient. The person who receives uh, unearned wealth 
can't manage that wealth typically and loses said wealth unless it's been micromanaged from the grave even sometimes. People have to micromanage how somebody's going to receive wealth because they know, they, those who have earned, know that those who have not earned, their, their successors downstream don't have the skills. So they micromanage from the grave and saying, give them only this much per month or per year, period. They'll blow it otherwise because they don't have the skills. Needn't have the skills because they knew this was coming. It's often dwarfs somebody's abilities and capabilities. And I don't envy that. And you shouldn't either. You want to read a great book on the topic? It's called Ultra Rich by Vance Packard. It's amazing. It outlines the, the amount of wealth that has flowed through the hands of recipients who've not earned it, haven't learned it, haven't gotten the skills. I feel sorry for them, not the person who's making minimum wage, not the person who's just entering the workforce, or not the person who's trying to climb out of a six-foot hole who happened to be five foot tall. They can do that. They can build a ladder. They can learn. They can leverage. The person who's receiving the unearned wealth doesn't know what to do with it. And you, it's like Jim Rohn always said, if somebody hands you a million dollars, you better hurry up and become a millionaire. Quick, before it's gone. The other thing I said was, for the person who wants to build wealth, who only earns, and I'm using air quotes, only earns a minimum wage or a modest wage, begin today, right now, opening an investment account today. Don't delay. Open an investment account right now, even if it's as small of a deposit as 50 bucks or whatever the minimum deposit you can put into that account, label it, name it, investment account. And when you do this, when you begin to learn about the market, you learn about investing, leveraging your ability to learn for free, by the way, it's all at your fingertips, all of it. This program, for example, we've got 100 plus episodes of The Backyard Millionaire, all for free. There's YouTube accounts of many, many investment strategies, all for free. Audiobooks that can be picked up on YouTube for free on investing. Interviews. Doesn't need to cost anything. Once you begin your investment account, once you begin to see yourself as an investor, you're going to start to act like one. Read the books, the articles, read about real estate, read articles about real estate watch and learn the market in your own backyard. I want you to understand what's happening with with um, CBDC. Is it uh, Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC? I want you to learn about that. I want you to know about that. But I don't want you to plan your investment strategy around the what-if thinking about a, a unified digital currency coming out of the Fed and how it might lead to hyperinflation. Again, it might lead to uh, the the diminishment of the American dollar as a reserve currency around the world. All of those things might come to pass, but here's what I want you to know. Have, a, have, a, have an understanding of those things, but a mastery of your market, a mastery of the market in your own backyard. And if you rent, do so as if you own. These, again, these are, these are ways with which you can earn, create, and build wealth while earning a minimum wage or a modest wage. Rent, like you own it. Take an interest in the property, your property, because it is yours for a moment, even if you have a leasehold on it. That's an estate, a leasehold estate. That is something that is, is contractually yours for the moment. Act like it. Treat the property like it's yours. Understand what's happening. Take an interest in the property. Take an interest in what happens to the property relative to maintenance. Make sure that you're keeping it in the best condition you possibly can as a tenant, as a leaseholder. 
your neighbors, talk to your neighbors, understand who's in the neighborhood. Maybe there's owners in the neighborhood. Maybe there's owners in the building. If you're in a condominium or something, there's owners around you. Talk to them, take an interest in them. In fact, I'd go so far as to get to know the person who owns the property you live in, the landlord. Get to know them. How did they get started? And so the keys to earning and building wealth while you earn a minimum wage currently or a modest wage, ask, listen, and learn. Leverage that by your own efforts and you cannot help but create wealth. Holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior. This is the conversation I want to have with every single person holding a clipboard anywhere in America, petitioning, gathering signatures to increase, to raise the minimum wage. Is let's just raise our own standard, raise your standard, raise your skill level. Deliver more in use value than you accept in cash value and you cannot help but get more in return. More money, more respect, more self-respect and wealth. It follows. Interrupt this broadcast of the Backyard Millionaire to inform you this is just in breaking news from the Babylon Bee out of California. California's most wanted criminal has now been named. Authorities are in pursuit of a man named Ron DeSantis, the number one criminal in all of California. His crime? Murdering Governor Gavin Newsom on live television. I'm not a smart man. Are you looking forward to 2024? I am. And without fail, over the last uh, 15 times you and I have come together for a New Year's celebration, I, I play, and I'm guilty of being a child of the 80s, I play Mariah Carey's version of All Anxiety, and it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. But I promised myself something different this year because this is the last broadcast, the last Backyard Millionaire show that will occur in 2023. And I said, Chris, do something different. Mix it up. Mix it up. Change things. So instead of playing Mariah Carey's version, I'll play this version. Should old acquaintance be forgot? I never brought to mind. Should all acquaintance 
Oh, it's like me is back in the old country. Back in country again in Ireland? No, he says, a wee little bit of pride there. You're listening to the back. I think you are. Where You were listening to the backyard. A millionaire. How to create wealth. Where you are with what you've got. Coming up on 2024. I'm pretty excited about it. I want to teach you how to make an offer. And as weird as it sounds, we're going to go back to 1940. And let's learn how to read a book when we return. Stick around. The going's fine. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. I'm Chris Story, along with Mr. David Webb, bringing you what my mom calls the greatest show on earth. Let me be Franklin with you. Well, Ben Franklin, that is. A few things he said that are worth remembering. He said, without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. That's powerful. Um, Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I like that. Identify with that. Does that mean I identify as Franklin? Energy and persistence conquer all things. Say that again. Energy and persistence conquer all things. You can be amazing. You can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash. Somebody's lack of love Or you can start speaking up Nothing's gonna hurt you The way the words do When they settle need your skin Kept on the inside And no sunlight Sometimes a shadow wins But I wonder what would happen If you say what you wanna say You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. Something about Sarah Borelli that I think I think Ben Franklin would have approved. Oh, I just got a funny text. Friend of the show, Jeff, says, Biden's last plagiarism of 2023 should be from LBJ. I will not and cannot accept your nomination for president of the United States of America. That's funny, Jeff. That's good. That's very good. All right, let's talk about accepting an offer or writing an offer, I should say, that would be acceptable because there's a way to do it. And let me just help kind of set the stage. We have this little segment of our broadcast called What to Expect When Accepting an Offer. And it's geared towards sellers. And I thought, let's do the reverse for just a minute and just say, wait a minute. What could make your offer more palatable, more acceptable, more attractive to the seller? So sellers, you understand they're going to be looking at a variety of things. Let's talk about those from the buyer's perspective. So I'm calling these three key aspects to increase your chances of getting your offer accepted. Number one, the first element of an acceptable offer is shrinkage. Keep time frames tight inspections, due diligence, shrink those things. Because 
I'm telling you, if there are multiple offers, and we're still seeing some instances of multiple offers, not near what it was a year ago, of course. Of course not. That those those the heyday has calmed down. Uh, interest rates obviously had some effect on that um, and, and some other things, but the, by and large, that, that was a big part of it. So um, shrinkage means keeping your time frames for due diligence and inspection shorter than maybe customary, because if there's going to be some sort of a give and take looking across the across a couple of offers at once, if if let's just say in your area, let's say in your market, it's customary, normal, standard, pick a word, to have, say, 14 days to inspect a property. But you know your inspector. You've already made acquaintance with your inspector. You have an inspector in your tribe. You know that you can call up your inspector and have an inspection within 24, 48 hours. Do you really need 14 days? Maybe not. Shrink it back a little bit. Now that suddenly you rise to the top. Oh, this one's fast. This one's seven days. And, of course, you're going to have all the protection of the inspection amendment, the inspection clause contingency built into your offer, you're still protected. Like if you find out that the foundation's made of cheesecake or you find out the roof needs replacing or you find whatever, you still have opportunities, but shrink those dates and timeframes. That's more attractive. Okay, that's number one. Number two, terms. Make it as simple as possible to accept your offer. There are such things, as I said, of customary uh, due diligence, timeframes, everything. Well, same thing with other terms. There's customary terms and closing cost splits, things like that, that you can try to make as simple as possible. I mean, if you're walking in with cash, you don't get much simpler than that. One of the things you should accompany your offer with is a letter proving your cash. Don't make them ask. Don't make them wait. Offer it right up front. Keep that simple. And with closing cost splits, you don't have to do what's customary, you can make it more favorable. Maybe it's even just covering the cost of an appraisal. If that's standard a seller cost or normal in your area, go ahead and absorb it. Or some other cost, go ahead and absorb it. Make your offer as attractive as possible relative to terms, including closing time frame. And if you have a choice between the simplest kind of mortgage or the most complex alphabet soup type, just understand if you can live with, if it's palatable all to you and possible for you to live with a more simplified standard conventional mortgage that's going to be most attractive all right that's just a small thing to note and then third how to make your offer the most attractive as possible is obviously price right i mean but but don't get stuck on stupid it isn't as though you want to obviously as a buyer you do not wish to overpay you do not wish to overpay the market you do not wish to overpay by you know 58 times the person next in line but keep it in mind that the price must be attractive these other things that we talked about will not overcompensate for a low price sometimes people will say well i want a discount because i'm paying cash well the stark reality is the seller wanted cash whether that cash came from your bank account or whether that cash came from a um, mortgage company offering up the quote cash that's going to go to the seller. They want cash. But if you can pay cash, and it's sim okay, that's great. That's a simple way. But keeping your price, again, not getting stuck on stupid. We don't, I don't want anybody going crazy here. That's not advice here to go crazy and outbid every, you know, you got to do what's sensible for you. And because you understand the market, because you've been learning the market, you know your market, you have a fingertip feel for your backyard market, 
You know what the value is. So don't be afraid of it. This is how you can make an offer most attractive. I wake up in the morning at six o'clock. They say the may be rain, but the sun is hot. I wish I had some time just to kill today. And I wish I had a dime for every bill I got to pay. Some days you lose, you win. And we have a late entrance to our How to Make an Offer More Attractive. Our social broker, Sarah Richardson, chimed in, rightfully so, with removing uncertainty. The more uncertainty you can remove from your offer, the more likely it is it will be accepted. What's at the end of your rainbow? Read an interesting article this morning. By Napoleon Hill. Now, he wrote this, you should know, in 1921, September of 1921, he published his first edition of Hill's Golden Rule. Not his first magazine. It was his second magazine, he would, national magazine, that he would found. But he was ousted from the first one. Okay, he gets ousted from his own magazine, so he starts another one. This time he calls it Napoleon Hill's Golden Rule magazine. And in 1921, this was the inaugural article, and he shared a number of turning points in his life where he felt like he was just so close to his pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But then circumstances would prevail. Now, sometimes they were of his own making. Sometimes there were circumstances that he could have avoided, probably, somewhere out of his control. Some were circumstances like um, the market affecting him and or health or whatever so in this case he was ousted from his own magazine by a, a con man so not necessarily in his control but he took about 20 years of trial error and success and defeat to teach himself a major lesson and here's what it is and this is worth noting this is worth thinking about what is your pot at the end of your rainbow here's what napoleon hill learned if money is your sole desire if you think that's what's waiting for you at the end of the rainbow, well, that will never be enough. Always something will be missing from your life. Napoleon Hill said this in September of 1921. If money's your sole desire and you think that's what's waiting for you at the end of the rainbow, all that's waiting is a pot of gold. You'll never find it. And if you do find the pot, it will never have enough gold always something will be missing. Those are wise words. 1921. Does it, I mean, that still resonates here. Over 100 years later, it still resonates. See, money is important. Napoleon knew that. You know that. Money is important, and you deserve to be rich. You were born rich. I believe that that's true. The great uh, author, um, why is his name escaping me? I can see his picture in my face, in my mind right now. I can see his face. But anyway, he, he wrote a book called born, You Were Born Rich, and I truly believe that. You really were born with everything it takes to have as much as you want. You have the capabilities of earning more if you desire it. But if you make that your sole desire, so long as you're living only for the money to make more money, it'll never be enough. And you know people like that, whether they're some famous billionaire or somebody in your own life that you know that is constantly seeking more, more, more. 
They just don't ever have enough, no matter how much they make. So living a whole life means you're going to have money as an aim, of course, but you're going to have more than that. You're going to deliver more in use value than you take in cash value, and more money will follow by, by nature. It just happens. It's a law. It just has to happen. Jim Rohn said it very succinctly. Money and success aren't something you chase, rather something you attract. Like running after a butterfly versus becoming attractive and having a butterfly light upon you. That's a big difference. So what is at the end of your rainbow? And if your pot of gold, your pot that's waiting there, you can see it in your mind's eye, if that pot does not include love, family, self-respect, hobbies, service to the community with which you live and has given you so much, chances are good. The end of your rainbow at the end of the earth will always be out of reach. And even if you do reach it, may not be what you wanted. Bob Proctor, why does why do these things happen? <laughs> he comes to you with your I wasn't even thinking about it, it just popped into my head. Bob Proctor was the guy who wrote the book called You Were Born Rich. Great Canadian. We lost him in 2021. It's a good book. In fact, I think you can find it free online. When we come back, I'm gonna talk about a 1940 book called How to Read a Book? Yeah, that plus how to increase your influence here on the Backyard Millionaire. You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com, ilovehomeralaska.com. We'll talk about how to increase your influence in a moment. Right now, how about increasing your aptitude when reading a book? Mortimer Adler wrote a book in 1940 called, in fact, How to Read a Book. <laughs> Sounds pretty simple, but he, he had a formula and he called it R2A2. R2A2. He said, when reading a book, recognize, first of all, that's the first R, recognize, identify the principal idea or technique that is being used. Quote, if it helps someone else, I can see the results and it will work for me if I use it. So first off, be on the hunt for recognizing and identifying the principle or idea or technique. All right, that's the first R. Now, the second R in R2A2, relate. It's most important that you relate each concept to yourself and to your own actions and your thoughts. Ask yourself this, what will the success principle, idea, or technique do for me? That's relate. So we've got recognize, relate, and assimilate. R2A2, assimilate. Ask yourself, how can I use this principle, idea, or technique to achieve my goals or solve my problems? Assimilate. R2A2. Here's the second A. Apply. What action will I take when I'm going to start? What action will I take and when am I going to start? Then follow through with the action. That's huge. That's like a bookend at the whole thing here, the end of it all, or a big exclamation point. Recognize, relate, assimilate, apply. 
You've read the book, right? You've read it and you're like, wait a minute, what did I just read? Like you just, maybe a chapter blew by and you're like, oh man, I wasn't paying attention. I think the R2A2 is a great way to ensure that when you want to, you're spot on, your thinking is accurate and you're paying full attention. Eh, sometimes it is okay to daydream. Sometimes I'll be reading something, it'll spark my imagination and I'm okay if a few chapters or a few pages, I should say, go by and I'm like, wait a minute, what was that? I'll go back and reread them. R2A2. My mother-in-law got me a book. Um, there, there are quotations and sayings and, and little essays from a guy called Thich Nhat Hanh passed away last year and I, like I said before I, I was not a follower or a devotee of his in any way but Wayne Dyer would once in a while quote Thich Nhat Hanh and this is an interesting guy and so my mother-in-law got me this book and, and I read this passage and I said I got to bring this to you and it is entitled present moment wonderful moment he says we must make the present moment the most wonderful moment of our life because it's the only moment available to us looking deeply you know that if you continue to live in the way you have living, been living for the past 20 years, not mindfully, always running, always trying to escape, then the most wonderful moment of our life won't arrive. If we know how to go back to the present moment and be fully alive in that moment, then the moment is the most wonderful moment of our life. We have the capacity to do this through simple practices like walking, breathing, or smiling, we touch the beauty of life with mindfulness. We can make paradise available to us here and now in the present moment. Would you like to increase your influence in 2024? Would you like to be more influential in your, your family, in your sphere of business, your sphere of influence, in your community. Well, Dale Carnegie wrote a classic book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. He wrote this in about 1935, I believe, 1934, mid-30s. But it, it stands tall today. These ideas, these principles still work, still are applicable, and I suggest still putting them into practice. Number one. Show a genuine interest in the other person. You want to have influence in their life, show genuine interest. Not insincere, not false flattery, actual interest in the other person. Listen actively, ask questions, and make the other person feel valued because they are. Not because you're scheming, but because they are valuable. You know the difference. Another principle from Dale Carnegie is to smile. If you're happy, tell your face, right? Smile. Smile can create a positive atmosphere, he said, and make people feel more receptive to you. It's a powerful tool for building rapport. And it's not, again, put into the hands of somebody to use falsely. You know that that smile. I can see it right now on somebody, you know, just that, that smile like, oh, program smile. Like, no, it's got to be sincere and real. You know that. that you are sincere. You know you are. Uh, remember people's names. 
<laughs> I got a call from a friend who said, oh, Chris, by the way, love the Christmas card. Really love the Christmas card. And Tracy loved that you spelled her name wrong. It's like, oh, there's only like a handful of ways you could spell that name, but we got it wrong. I get <laughs> people appreciate when you remember their name and how to spell it. It shows respect, says Carnegie, and makes your interactions more personal. Again, trying to become more influential in 2024. Remember, influence is part of wealth. Influence is how you can gain more wealth. You can do more good in the world if you're more influential. It's not about a power grab. It's not about uh, arm wrestling somebody to the mat. This is about becoming more influential and doing more good where you are with what you've got. Remember people's names, genuine smile, and show genuine interest. And talk in terms, he said, of the other person's interests. Tailor your conversations to topics that you know will interest the other person. This will establish a connection and make your interaction more enjoyable for them, and you'll become more memorable. Again, that's it, it, it can sound a bit contrived if you're coming at it without genuine sincerity. And I know that you are. This is the only reason I'm sharing this with you. I think it's one of those things. It's a dangerous tool you put in the wrong person's hand, but you and I were in the trust tree. All right, here's the, the, the fifth takeaway I want you to have for influencing people, becoming more influential in the world, where you are with what you've got. According to Dale Carnegie, admit mistakes quickly and avoid criticism. Instead of criticizing, provide constructive feedback and admit your own mistakes that will make you more relatable and foster a positive environment. Don't you wish your boss understood that? Admit <laughs> mistakes and avoid criticism. Here's Jim Rohn Jim Rohn on goal setting. By not being prepared, you make the choice of getting caught in some of life's unpleasant circumstances. Be they rain, failures, economic losses, relationship losses, professional losses, personal losses, by not being prepared, thinking ahead, it's your choice. What do you want to do economically? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? What would you like to have? What would you like to share? How much would you like to earn? How far would you like to go? Those are some major questions to ask. And for that all to work out like you want it to for the next five or 10 years, in my personal opinion, you've got to get serious. Then you have to get serious about another important subject. And that important subject is called personal development. Personal development is striving hard to become the kind of person that you want to be. And to become the kind of person you want to be, you've got to work at it. Ten years from now, you will surely become someone. The big question is, who? Some people are always pulled aside by the distractions, the distractions. But here's what's powerful. If you have a list of high purpose in your life, it pulls you toward the future. And the more powerful the purpose is, the stronger it pulls. And here's the other great advantage if you have purpose for the future. It pulls you through all kinds of challenges and all kinds of difficulties. If you don't have these strong purposes for the future, it's easy to get swallowed by a bad day. It's easy to be almost annihilated by a poor month. And it's easy sometimes to almost disappear beneath the waves of a, a year that goes backwards if you don't have something to pull you beyond that year. They say love is more precious than gold. It can't be bought, 
You're listening to The Mac Yard, Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. A couple of key principles for 2024 on real estate. Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, outlined a, l- a lot of ways to think about money, how the rich think about money, how the wealthy think about money and pass on to their your generations beyond them themselves and it's important to think about these things and he said a few things that i want to just bring to your attention quickly for 2024 he said cash flow is king focus on properties that generate positive cash flow think about that it's not just about price it's about cash flow that matters um second thing he said is use other people's money that's the leverage in our formula here leverage multiplied by your effort equals gold don't be afraid of using other people's money but remember the golden shovel can be used to dig a hole of debt, or it could be used to leverage your way for digging for gold. So you can abuse other people's money just as easily as you can use it correctly. So be careful about it. Also, mind your business education. Kiyosaki advocates for continuously educating yourself about real estate and the market. I would say your market. I'm glad that you know the statistics nationwide. I'm glad you understand the statewide statistics. I'm glad you understand what's happening in your entire community. My question is, what's your market? And do you have a mastery over your individual backyard market? So having a, a mastery over all of it is probably outside of our scope, but we can master our own backyard. And then I like this. Robert Kiyosaki said, be a problem solver. Look for opportunities where you can add value, where you can add value. In real estate, we are problem solvers. We solve problems for people every single day. If you've got a problem, come to us at ilovehomeralaska.com. For all of us at The Backyard Millionaire, I'm Chris Story wishing you a fantastic and safe, happy New Year's, and we'll see you next year.